This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey there, welcome to Whoa, That's Good Wednesday. Today is going to be a great day. We have something really special for you. Um, It's unusual for me to be sitting here by myself, but that's because I'm introducing something that we did at conference this year. We just ended LA Sister Conference and it was absolutely amazing. I haven't even posted on my Instagram yet because I just, I can't even find the words. It was so good. So awesome. I've just been like soaking in it for the last few days. Um, So if you were not there, Get yourself there next year. We've already announced the dates. It's September 6th and 7th, and you can go to LOSisterConference.com and buy tickets. Speaking of LO Sister, one of the things we like actually established at conference this year was this whole debate between is it LO or is it low? Because people call it low a lot, and we people call it LO. LO is short for Live Original, of course. And we've been thinking, we're like, well, you know, should we just give ourselves into low because it works too. And um, we've been hearing, you know, hearing that around. So we've been trying to figure that out. So we did a little poll from everyone was there and we said, do you want it to be called LO or do we want it to be called low? And the votes were in an LO one. So we're calling it LO sister conference. If you call it low, that's okay. We don't mind. We will not hold it against you. It's totally fine. All right. So um, LA sister conference was, like I said, incredible. The stories that have come out, we're going to do a recap video where we sit down and just kind of like tell you some of the stories that have come out of just what happened this weekend. Beautiful stories of um, Jesus just coming into girls' lives and just rescuing them miraculously. Also, miraculous stories about how people got here. That was just incredible. So if you are praying about like, okay, I want to come next year, but I don't really know what that looks like or how that's even possible. I'm just going to encourage you right now to just start praying about it because, um, you know, God will do the miraculous and he does, and he is a, um, a miracle worker. So begin those prayers right now. So Sadie and I did a little Q and a for, um, some of the kind of group that bought the VIP tickets. They got to come in and do an early kind of meet and greet with Sadie and all that, which is super fun. And that's always really neat to get to just like have conversations one-on-one with a lot of the girls are there. It's hard when there's, you know, almost 4,000 people in the room to have a conversation with every single person. But it's so special whenever we get to do that. So we, Sadie did that. She had a little meet and greet. And then we all sat down and Sadie and I got to just have a conversation on the stage before the whole conference started. And that's what you're about to hear coming up now. So it's going to be a little different than your normal um, where that's good because you're going to hear a live audience, which is fun. And also I get to kind of interview Sadie. So I asked her the questions rather than her asking me the questions this time, which is, was a lot of fun. Um, I learned from Sadie every single day. She has so much wisdom. God has just really gifted her with a lot of wisdom. And um, she's been a lot through a lot in her life. And so I think she has a lot to say. So there's some questions that people sent in that I got to ask her and she asked me some questions as well. So I hope you enjoy that. Just have a great day. 
thanks for always listening and following our family and supporting us. And um, just the encouragement that you guys are to us is just a real blessing. So thank you. So listen in. What's up, World That's Good fam? Hope you're having a great week. Per usual, it is about to get better. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Y'all, I am so excited because today is a very special podcast, unlike any other, because we are live here at the Elo Sister 2023 conference with a live audience. This is so awesome. And of course, I had to bring mom into all the things. So mom and I are going to be doing an interview for y'all. And these questions were sent in from this live audience. And so we're just going to jump right in because we don't have a lot of time today. I feel like this will be fun because I get to interview you a little bit. You do. I have some questions for you. People send in questions. So here's a few. Okay. First of all, this is a really easy one. What's your favorite memory from last year's conference? That's good. This is an easy one. I do have a lot of great memories from last year, but there's one in particular that we're actually going to do something fun with at this conference. But last year, I saw this girl at conference that I recognized from the year before, and I was like, oh my gosh, I recognize you. Did I baptize you last year? And she was like, yes. And she said, it's just so cool that I'm here again, and I've just, my life has totally changed since then. I gave my life to Jesus. It was amazing. And I am telling y'all, it had to have been the Lord who did this like through me as the Holy Spirit, because I would not typically do this. But I said, will you go on stage with me and say that? And it was during the baptism moment. And she looked at me, she's like, yeah. And I'm thinking, this is crazy. Why did I just say that? Okay, we're going with it. So we start walking up on stage. I don't even know her name. Like, I don't even know why I did this. And I'm just like, okay, this is going to be, this is going to be good. This is going to be great. Right. So we're about to walk up. I'm like, okay, just like share your testimony. It's just really cool that you're here. And the reason I recognized her so well is because I have a photo of her baptism in my office. It was like a picture I printed out. So we get up here she starts preaching. Like if y'all were here last she year, brought she brought I, I left. I was like, I, you got it, girl. She just started preaching. I walked to the back. It was so powerful. It was such a strong testimony. So we're walking off stage and um, I said, well, I didn't know you were a preacher. She said, I'm not. I work in IT. And I was like, oh my gosh. She said, well, I think you just found your calling. And literally, um, she left the conference and her life totally changed. And just seeing that in her and seeing what God did in her life that weekend and year after year, it just encouraged me for what God is doing in the lives of all you women who come. And in my life, each year, I just have grown so much closer to the Lord in this time. And um, it's really fired up my faith. And so seeing it in her was really, really cool. That's so cool. So follow up to that. I saw her last night and I was like, oh my gosh, I know you. I saw you on stage last year and I asked her what she's doing now. And she says she's on circuit riders. Yeah. So her life has absolutely changed. It's amazing to see what God has done in her life. And a big part of it was Ellie's sister. So that's awesome. All right. Next question, Sadie. All right. Let's see. What made you create the Ellie sister organization? Okay, great question. So this kind of goes back. I've told the story several times when I first kind of felt, you know, to do something like this. Never would have imagined it would be this. And that's what's so good about God. You know, um, you never really know what you're saying yes to, but just saying yes to Him is the most important thing, right? And um, He can do whatever He wants to do with that yes. But I remember when I was 17 years old, 
didn't know what I was going to do. I just got up Dancing with the Stars, and it was a kind of a weird time in my life because at 17, not many people are on Dancing with the Stars, and I'm just trying to figure out what is life and what is next. And I remember going to this conference, very similar to this one, and it was the first time I ever saw a woman preach before. And as I was watching her, everything she was saying was so powerful and hitting me right where I was at in my life. But it was like not just everything she was saying, but how she was saying it, that was so profound to me. And I just thought if I could do something like that, then that would make all of this make sense. Like this fame thing would actually have a purpose if I did something like that. And um, so that was the first day ever. I was praying to the Lord and I felt the Lord just kind of give me this clear line of, I'm not calling you to be famous. I'm calling you to be a sister and a friend of those who don't have one. I had just written a book called Live Original, and I wrote down in my journal that day, Live Original Live Events. And um, that was at 17, almost 10 years later, and this is what we're doing. And so um, it's really cool. Again, I would have never thought it would be like this. It's amazing to see what all God has done with that. But that's kind of like the very, very, very start of it all. I remember that time period in your life so well because— well, I remember your whole life because I birthed you. But uh, I really remember I remember you in that time period. And when we were out in L.A. and Dance with the Stars, and, you know, it looked really shiny and glittery. And there were people who wanted to have meetings with her. I remember we went to Disney, to Disney offices to have meetings, you know, and seeing, like, people on the wall at Disney, like all the little Disney Channel stars that she had watched or whatever. And I remember her kind of just looking at it all and being like, I don't think this is what God has for me, you know, and she just kind of knew it from then. And so it was really neat to have that moment where God really spoke to you and said like, oh, here, this is what it is. And this is what it looks like. I remember in that time, I don't know if y'all have ever felt like this, but it was like, I was looking at it and I just knew like, that's not what I want. And I don't know what it is. And I don't know what God's calling me to. I just know it's not that. Mm -hmm. And I think that sometimes, you know, we all want to have clarity in what we're going to do. And um, I love Mother Mm -hmm. Teresa. You always say that that quote that she's like, I won't pray for you for clarity. Yes. You don't always get that. I'll pray for you for trust because it's really about having trust that like God can, can do something with it. And I look back and I didn't really have a lot of clarity on what it was. I just knew that wasn't it. And I trusted God enough to know if that's not it, even though that looks good, he's got something else. And I think sometimes when we see something that looks good, we just jump at it because we're like, oh, well, there's no other option. But if there's not a piece in you to say, you know, this is, this is what it is, then it's okay to wait for that. It's okay to just keep working. It's okay to be faithful where God has you. And at the time, um, that just must have been the spirit leading me in that because that was all exciting. It just wasn't right. And yeah. the reason it wasn't right is because a lot of the things that the opportunities that were being presented really just didn't even line up with my morals, you know? And so that's why it wasn't right. And so I think, again, like God honors you when you're trying to follow him and uh, he'll make a path for what he's putting in your, what he's putting in your heart to do. Yeah. Some of those things you said in that kind of leads to this next question. It's about calling in your life. And how do you like trust that calling? The question goes like this. How do you trust and follow the calling in your life, even through times of doubting? Well, I love what you always say about this with calling, because I do think, here's the thing about calling. I think that calling, whatever you're called to do, 
it can't be like circumstantial. And I say that like this. I don't think necessarily I'm called to do live events because if we went to 2020 and we could not do live events, then does that mean I don't have a calling anymore? Like if your calling has to do with your circumstances, then that means that at some point your calling could just be taken away. And I don't believe that's true. I believe that God calls us to things that are bigger than like the specifics. It's not just about live events. It's about loving people, right? It's about bringing people to Christ. It's about people knowing who their creator is and being confident in who they were created to be in their original selves. It's about sisterhood, it's about friendship. And I can do that no matter where I am. I, I got to do that next week, you know, wherever I'm at, not just here in this space. And so I think sometimes we get confused because we get this like specific idea in our mind and we think we're called to that. And then we feel like we're not doing what we're called to do because that for some reason isn't an option. Well, then that's not your calling because you can do your calling right where you're at. And I think that word gets a little bit tricky, you know, like calling. Um, more so, I think it's just what we're purposed to do, to love God and to love people. I love Louis Giglio preached one of my favorite messages, passion, purpose, and designer genes. And he's, he went off that verse, whatever you do, do it as if you're working for the Lord, not for man. Whatever you do. So whatever that is, do it with purpose. And that's what you're called to do. And that just simplifies it so much. Yeah, I think that's really good because I think that word calling can be confusing. And Sadie, if you look at Sadie, she's like at 17, she got this kind of word from the Lord. And that might be you, you might be in here and being like, okay, I have a word from the Lord. I know what it is, but you might be like, I have no idea. And that's okay too. You know, I'm 50. I don't really know what my calling is exactly. And so I think it's, it's okay to not have this very specific thing. And I also think that what God calls you to in different times of your life is going to look different. I mean, the older you get, you realize that you look back and you're like, oh, that time period, I was called to be a mom and to, and to do this and, and this only. And this time period, I was called to do this and this only. And this time I was called to do 10 different things all at one time. You know, so there's going to be different times in your life where God kind of brings you through. But I think sometimes we can get a little like worried about our calling and we don't feel like he's given it to us specifically. And so I always say this, like Sadie said, love God and love others. Jesus said, the greatest command is this, love God and love your neighbor. And so that's all of our calling. So if you don't know specifically, okay, I'm, how am I, what am I supposed to do? Just know you need to do that. Love yeah. God and love your neighbor and you, you're good. That's good, mom. Okay, I'm going to ask you, because you're great at this, how can I be a woman who people see the Lord through and not care about what other people think? Oh, that's a good question. I think that... Um, I think not caring what other people think is really important, honestly. I think it's actually really important to care what God thinks and make sure you get that right. But also, whenever you think, okay, I need to not care what other people think, the more you're thinking about not caring what other people think, the more you're thinking about what other people think about you. <laughs> Does that make sense? So, um, so I think that the way to do that is really to think about other people. You know, the more you're worried about yourself and how you how you look or how people are perceiving you or how people, then the more self-conscious you're going to be. But if you can just turn that outward and say, okay, whenever I start to feel self-conscious about myself, I'm going to go look for somebody else to make them feel comfortable or make them feel welcome or make them feel included or make them feel loved and help them know the God of the love of God then all of a sudden that focus is not on yourself yeah. 
and it's on somebody else and it just changes things in you. And so it's kind of counterintuitive because you think, oh, I need to figure out how to be more this or be more that where really it's just I need to go serve somebody else and think about someone else and take the attention off myself for a little bit. And that that's what really changes things. Good. I don't know if y'all listened to my podcast with Earl and Onika McClellan, but I love what she said. She said, I want to be a there you are person, not a here I am person. That's such a good piece of advice. You know, like when you walk into a room, don't even think about yourself. It's not here I am. It's there you are. I'm so excited to see you. And that kind of takes the attention off yourself. And I have the unique gift in life um, at a young age to see what a lot of people think of me. And that is, um, that's not always fun. I remember uh, all the rude comments and whatnot that I got at a really young age that really bothered me. And then a lot of really great comments at a young age that encouraged me. But I realized in that time, like, I can never please everyone. You know, like, whatever I do, people are going to comment. I can wear an outfit and half the people are going to say, those jeans are cool. And half the people are going to say, did you just go to limited two and shop at the children's section? You know what I'm saying? Like, like I can't please everyone. And I think, I think experiencing that made me realize I'm not living for people, you know, I'm living for God. And, and I, I care what you think, God, I care that I'm at peace with you, Lord. And, and if I'm at peace with you, then I can go in front of people and I can love them well. And, and the comments don't have to hurt me so bad. And the comments don't give me a big head because it's not, I'm not living for that approval, you know? And I think that helps a lot. And if you had the ability to have a lot of people in the world say what they thought of you, you would see that a lot of people will love you and a lot of people might not. And I think that's when you realize I'm not going to live for man's approval. Like I got to live for God. And a lot of people stay in that and still try to find that. And that's where they're constantly fighting for more perfection, fighting for more, um, you know, I guess a filtered lifestyle because they want to get man's approval. And I just don't want to fight that fight, you know? Yeah, that's good. I was thinking about something my mom used to say. I'm sure I said it to y'all. It's like you can please some of the people all the time and all the people some of the time, but you can never please all the people all the time. So truth, don't even try. Whoa, that's good. (laughs) (laughs) All right, next question. How did you grow in your faith and get so close to God as a teenager with the culture of the world today? I think this kind of goes back to the last question of – not worrying about the culture of the world, you know, not worrying about what, what's going on out there, but really focusing on what's going on in here, you know, because what's going on out there shouldn't change what's going on in here, you know. And I think that for me, I knew that I knew that, that I knew my faith was the most important thing in my life, right? Like my relationship with Jesus, that's the most important thing. And I think sometimes like it's easy to say that and not live like that. But when you really know him and you're dependent on him, you know, that is the most important thing in your life. And so I'm not willing for that to waver. So whatever culture throws at me, it's not as tempting because you're like, this is the best, you know, and it's hard if you're trying to convince yourself of that. If it's like church is just a bucket that you check, you know, or reading your Bible is just 10 minutes in the morning because you feel like you have to like those things you will waver in. But if Jesus is like the Lord of your life and the love of your life, like that is your relationship, then it makes not caving to culture so much easier because it's not even a question. You know, it's, it's really not even a question. And as a teenager, I think, again, 
I had an interesting life. And um, as many, you know, followers as I had, I actually felt really lonely during that season. And that's when I found Jesus, you know, because I didn't really feel like I had anything else, but I had him. And that might sound crazy to y'all because you're like, you were on Dancing with the Stars and you had millions of followers. But that doesn't really that doesn't really mean much when you get back home, you know. And so I think that's whenever I, my relationship with God really deepened and I realized this is the most important thing. And I'm thankful for that. I was thinking about, I love how she worded that question about with the culture today, because I think it is, the culture is different. And, you know, for those of you who are young, I want to just encourage you that, yeah, it is it is a hard time culturally. You know, there was a time period in our country specifically, where the culture was more faith, you know, that things that were on television pointed to positive values and things like that. And that has changed, you know, so the culture has changed. So you do have to be really aware of that. And I think that's one thing that um, is important is being aware. And whenever we did our show, Duck Dynasty, I think it opened my eyes to like the awareness of how entertainment shapes us and moves us and changes us because all of a sudden we had this show about our family and people started growing beards and wearing camo and like you looked at Halloween and everyone's dressed up in camo and bandanas and beards so we're like oh that's that's affecting people it's changing people then people came up and said oh our family prays together because of your show our family goes to church together now because of your show my 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 fifth grader says a prayer at lunch at his table because of your show. And so I realized like, oh, we are being shaped by the things that we watch. And if people are being shaped by our show in a positive way, how are we being shaped by the other things that we're watching and consuming um, on t- the other way? And, you know, people, there, it is an agenda. You know, there is a point. There, there is a, they're trying to shape you and move you with the things that you see on social media and entertainment. And so I think that awareness that like, oh, this is not just neutral. It's not just like entertainment and fun and kind of like, it's okay if I watch four hours of this, even if I don't agree with it. It actually really is shaping you. And so I do think as, um, as believers in this culture, I think awareness of that is really important. And I think, um, just being careful what we consume, what we put into our hearts and minds, what we um, spend our time on, because that really, really does matter. It's great. It makes me think of the verse in Romans, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. And I love that verse so much because it is so easy to conform to the pattern of the world when you're constantly engaging in the patterns of the world. But to be transformed by the renewal of your mind, sometimes you have to step out of that conforming. And for me, like whenever I was younger, I mean, if a show was a hit show, I'm watching it because I want to know what everybody else is watching. You know, if a song's hit song, I'm listening to it, I'm dancing to it. It doesn't matter if it, you know, if I agree with it, whatever, like I'm doing it. And it affected me, right? And now I'm like unwilling to do that because not, not because I can't, because I don't want to, because I don't want that in my mind, because I don't want to conform to the pattern of the world. I want to be transformed by the renewal of my mind. Um, I am thankful for the gift of social media and for how good it is for so many reasons. But um, for seven months of this year, I did not have one single social media app on my phone because I was just like, you know what? 
I need to take a break from it. I don't want to conform. Like I want to renew my mind and now I'm back on it and I just have a fresh perspective. So sometimes like to not conform, you actually really do have to like turn off the show, delete the app step away. Don't listen to the thing. Don't go to the party. And so I do think that, you know, you can't just go with the flow and just hope you turn out okay, you know, because you are being influenced, but actually make forth effort to, to be different. Well, that leads to the next question about social media, and it's how do you stay real on social media? Well, yeah, that was <laughs> kind of what, uh, what I was saying. I think, too, with social media, um, the beautiful gift of social media is that your page is your page, your pictures are the ones that you choose to post. And so your influence is the influence that you put forth to give. And so I think sometimes it's easy to complain about social media and say, oh, it's so dark and it's so dark. And I'm like, well, you're the one posting it. You're the one following them. You don't have to follow the negative influences. You don't have to, you know, post negative things. Like, actually make it a brighter place. You are the light of the world. So be the light of the world. And it's so funny because our pages are our algorithm, right? So whatever we look at is what Instagram feeds us. I am not kidding you. If you get on my Instagram popular page, you will go to church. Like every single post is hilarious. Like my sister laughs at me. She's like, whose algorithm is that? But it's just because that's what I like, you know, like, you know, and then it'll be baby pictures because I also love following moms with babies and stuff like that and whatnot. But it's just funny, but it's so encouraging. And I'm just saying that to say, like, you do get to control some of that. You get to be the light. And um, again, don't conform. You're seeing your friends post pictures that are inappropriate and it's tempting to be like, oh, I want to do that too because I want people to notice me like they notice them and that gets more likes. Don't conform. I mean, I think about whenever I, you know, was on Dance with Stars and Duck Dynasty and all that and I had like a million followers and I thought that was so crazy and it was crazy and then I thought, you know, I'm about to go into ministry and I'm like, I'm definitely going to lose followers and since I went into ministry, I have 5 million followers. I would have never, ever thought that. And I'm not seeking that. I'm not trying to grow that. But I'm just being who I am. I'm living original. And people are choosing to follow along. And guess what? I get unfollowed by people every single day. And that's okay, too. Because... It, I, I can't fight that. You know, I just have to be who I am. And I think so many people who are trying to build a platform are trying to like fight the algorithm of Instagram. And that is not my fight. That is not what I choose to do. The uh, says in Psalms, unless the Lord builds the house, the laborers labor in vain. And I, I just want God to build the house. And if he's building it through Instagram, that's great. But if I need to take a step back, I don't need to worry what my algorithm's going to mess up. I can take a step back, you know, and just you be in control of your page. Don't let it be in control of you which I think a lot of times we, we let that happen on social media. All right, last question, because I think they are holding off the people to come yes. in here to start this night. Um, if you're listening online, we are starting LA Sister Conference in like negative two minutes, I think. Yeah, so we're a little over. <laughs> we're a little over. So here we go. Last question. How do you know that Jesus is really there? So I saw one of y'all send in this question, and whoever did, I love this question so much because I have a funny story about this question. So um, Louie and Shelly Giglio started Passion Conference. They're amazing um, pastors of Passion City Church, and Christian and I got to stay the night at their house one time, and we were so excited because this is before we you know, started doing Passion with them, and we were just excited to learn from them and get to hang out with them. And if you know Louie, he's a pastor. He started this big conference, but he also is like very into science, and he's preached these incredible sermons about science and Jesus. He's just so wise, and he has all these books in his like 
office. And I was just like, man, he just knows so much. So I thought I have such a good question for him and I cannot wait to ask him it. So we're like, I never forget, we're like walking down the stairs and I'm like, Louis, I got to ask you a question. I'm like, what was it that just made you go like, this is real. Like Jesus is real. Like what, what did you see? What did you hear? Like what was the greatest revelation that made you realize that Jesus is real? And he looked at me like, like it was like almost like, really? And as quick as he could be, he said, the Bible. <laughs> and I was like so shook because I didn't even think about that as an answer, which sounds so funny, right? Like the Bible, duh. But I'm like, I'm like wanting it to be written in the stars, you know? I'm wanting it to be like just something crazy. But he's like, the Bible. And I'm like, wow. And you know what? That's crazy enough. But we have a Bible, like the book, the story, and the details of the story. And just from, from start to finish, the character and the points to Jesus and everything. I mean, like, that is a miracle. And I think because it's so tangible to us, we forget how miraculous that is and how much of um, enough that is, enough evidence that that is. And I just love that he said that. And people ask me all the time, how do you know God's real? And I just hit him back with that because the Bible, you know? And I, I could sit here and I could tell you all the thousands of reasons why I personally know that Jesus is real because of the personal times he's shown up in my life over and over and again. But that would be personal to me, you know? And God would be personal to you in your life. And I believe Jesus will make it so evident to you that he's real, that you could, like no one could convince you he's not because of how personal he's been but also the Bible. And so I just, wanna, I just wanted to answer that question for you whoever asked that, because instead of looking around to find like evidence that God could be real, like read the Bible, get to know him for who he is, get to know him for who he's always been, and then welcome that same God into your life and let him be personal to you. And I believe with my whole heart that he's gonna do that this weekend. We've already felt his presence here since the moment we walked in here. We've heard stories already from the airport last night about God doing miraculous things. And I can't wait for God to do that in your life. And I just hope that you raise your expectancy to do that um, and to see God for that. So for all you listening to the podcast, mom and I will continue this podcast in a couple of weeks and talk about LS Sister Conference and so that y'all can hear a recap of all that God did. And uh, we'll continue on then. But for you guys, I'm so excited. Let's pray and just ask that God would just show himself to be so evident this weekend. God, we come before you and we thank you so much that you are so good. I thank you, God, that you've always been good, that you are the alpha and the omega. You're the beginning and the end, and you are right here in this moment in time in Monroe, Louisiana, with each of these girls here for a specific reason. And I thank you, God, that it will be evident. Lord, I pray, God, that we would um, raise our faith, raise our hope, raise our expectancy. And if someone's here and they're like, I just don't have that right now, God, I pray that the worship in the room would raise it for them. God, I thank you so much that we're sisters and that we're friends and that we can be here for one another. I pray that we would let our guard down from the very start, that we would just open our eyes to see you all around us. Thank you for this special group. Bless them, protect them, be who you are in all of their lives. Lord, we love you, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, we shall open the doors and get this thing started. Love you guys.
All right, I'm back. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. One of the things that Sadie mentioned in our talk was a video of a girl named Kaylin that has gotten to be a friend to us over the last few years um, because of her time coming to Ella's sister. And um, so we made a video about that and we thought we'd just share that with you. So I first heard about conference through a friend of mine, actually. She sent me an Instagram DM of the post on Live Original talking about conference. And I remember at that point, I was so hungry for just anything where I could worship and I could meet with Jesus. And so I remember messaging her back and being like, I'm so down for this, this sounds amazing. About a week before conference, she ended up calling me and saying that she had COVID. And I was like, oh man, this is really, really rough. We were supposed to be going to conference together. And I was like, well, that's fine. I don't have to go. It's totally okay. And I remember just turning over, picking up my phone and being like, no, I need to go to conference. I don't know what it is. I don't know who's going to be there, but I feel like I need to be there. And so I went on to the Elo Sister app and I just typed the message and, and I was like, if anyone has room in their hotel or their Airbnb, please reach out to me. I'm trying to go to the conference last minute. And I got a reply and she was like, hey, I think I might have a spot in my Airbnb if you're still interested. But looking back, I'm like, that was crazy. Why would I even do something like that? Just kind of like, this is from the Lord, so we're gonna go with it. I didn't have a car at the time, so I looked up a bus ticket to go from Dallas to Monroe, Louisiana. On the way to conference, I get a call from my dad, and he's like, Kaylin, there's a hurricane coming for Louisiana. We are getting a frightening look at this image of Hurricane Ida. So at that point, I'm like, oh no, I am en route to Louisiana. There's a hurricane going. And I had a decision to make of the next stop, just get off, head back to Dallas. So I kept going, made it to Louisiana. That was kind of my road to Hello Conference 2021. So it was day two of conference and I had those general admission ticket and they had VIP tickets. So we weren't sitting together, just sat with random people, was like, we're gonna make friends. Got to chatting with this group of girls. One of them was telling me a little bit about her story. And then the session kicked off. And I remember Sadie started talking about how she was going to be giving people an opportunity to get baptized. And my new friend reached out her hand for me to help hold her up because she was physically sobbing. And I remember in that moment, my friend started walking to go get baptized. And I just remember thinking, no, we're doing this together. But just in my heart and in my spirit, I just knew that it was right. And we were getting ready to walk into the tank. And I just remember feeling every heartbeat. And I just remember feeling such excitement because I knew that this is a public declaration. And I remember my head going underwater. It was almost as if time stood still. And I felt myself going back and I went into the water. And I just saw all of these moments from my life flash before my eyes. And then I remember getting out of water and I felt completely different. Like I went in the water one way and I came out different. And I still look at that moment and I think that was the best moment of my life. 
was that moment when I made that declaration and I made that decision. And in that in-between conference in 2021 and conference in 2022, my life fully transformed. Like I'm ruined for the ordinary and there's so much more. And I was so moved and transformed by what I experienced at conference the first year. I remember I was telling anyone and everyone who would listen because I now had firsthand experience of what it meant and what it felt like and what it did. And that's why I was really excited to go back to conference. So funny enough, after having such success the first year of conference with going into the Ello Sister app for year two, I actually did the same thing. This time, the girl I bought a ticket from had a VIP ticket. I remember just being like, ah, that's cool. I get to do a meet and greet. That's fun. And even on the way to conference, I remember seeing this image pass across my mind that I was going to speak on stage. And I thought to myself, how silly are you, Caitlin? Like, why would you ever do that? Little did I know. So we got to conference together. I'm waiting in line for my time, I guess, to kind of take a photo with Sadie. And as I'm walking up, I see her lock eyes with me. She was like, I recognize you. This is gonna sound so weird, but I actually have a photo of you in my office because that moment from when you got baptized really just encompassed that first year of conference and the joy on your face marked me and my team. But we took a picture and that's kind of where we left the meet and greet. So basically it's day two, people are getting baptized I just remember standing towards the back of the baptism area. Sadie was kind of standing off to the side and then she saw me and she kind of pulled me over and she was like, wait, I want to chat with you. I just remember telling her, I'm just so thankful for a conference and I'm, I'm thankful for this opportunity because my life does not look the same. And it's because of your obedience and your sacrifice that my life has been transformed. Because you said yes to Jesus, I said yes to Jesus. And I remember she was just like, you know, this might sound absolutely crazy, but would you actually mind going on stage and just kind of sharing with people what you just shared with me? But I just remember going on stage and being able to share. I just want to stand here as a living testimony, as an encouragement to each and every one of you who have made a decision today to step away from the old and step into the new because you're that life. moment was not about the stage at all this isn't about me this is a story of a girl who met the man named jesus whose life was transformed and it was because of someone else's obedience that I had an encounter and I met him and I was transformed and I was moved from that place of obedience and intimacy. So I think if you're looking at me and you're wondering, how can I do that? How can I speak? How can I preach? How can I do any of these things? And I think that if Jesus is the center and if he is the first love, then anything and everything will flow from that. And there's something so specific that God has put inside of women 
women have these mother's hearts, that they can have soft hearts that are moved into action, that we are women of action who don't just sit but go. This story isn't a story about me, it's a story about Jesus. And that's really what I want people to remember and to know. Thank you so much for watching. It's always fun to be with you. Um, LS Sister Conference next year, September 6th and 7th. And the website is lssisterconference.com. See you then.